Welcome to another episode of Art Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Emerald. I'm very pleased to have Alexandria, Lentz, and myself. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. To get started today, let's take a closer listen to the music in the background to set the tone and focus on the brain's intense thinking that will be done in today's episode. Okay, wasn't that spectacular? I feel refreshed already, so let's get into it. Our case study today is an interesting one. It definitely threw me in for a loop when reading it. I had to spend plenty of time formulating my answer, as I felt I had to look at both sides of the argument to decide, rather than just formulating a quick opinion. 111, the captive cat case study. At Columbia University, a bronze statue of a cat stands on the floor at the head of a staircase. Presumably, it is of some value for the university officials have fixed a chain around its neck and fastened the chain to the stair railing. Should the artwork be appreciated as a statue of a chained cat, or is it simply a chained statue of a cat? Because the chain is visible, is it possible to exclude it from one's aesthetic appreciation of the work? Let's take a brief moment to ponder the questions at hand. How would you view the work of the artist? The artist did not intend for this statue to have a chain, but instead it was added to keep the students and others from moving and defacing the statue. Even though the artist didn't intend for it to be there, it is pretty hard to ignore something as large as a chain. If I were to view it in person, I feel that I would have a hard time separating the work of the artist and their intention from the addition of the university officials. I considered the idea of being able to do so by comparing it to everyday aesthetic, such as adding stickers on laptops. Do you, do you consider the MacBook and the stickers you place on it as separate entities or do you view them together? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I would view them together just, just because of the fact that the stickers are actually on the laptop. Um, I feel like it would just kind of be a, a little awkward just saying, oh, the stickers and the um, laptop are two separate one, are two separate things, especially if it's like right on the laptop. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think once you kind of um, put them together, they become one. Um, sometimes it looks like it, it, it can look like it's one entity. And in that case, it does. 
I also personally view them as together as I feel that the stickers add to the beauty of the MacBook. The same goes for how I feel about the cat statue. Regardless of the intention, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So the work should be appreciated as whatever the audience views it as. This whole idea of how art is interpreted reminds me of the work of Marcel Duchamp, who we learned about in previous weeks. His ready-made sculptures were made to challenge what is seen as art and what is not. He used everyday items such as snow shovels and water fountains to make the audience question whether they were just some mundane object or if they had a higher meaning. Many would likely take it exactly as seen as an ordinary object rather than spend time pondering the intention of the piece. If I had walked past one of his pieces, I likely would have thought it was an out of place object in the gallery rather than an art piece. The same goes for the bronze cat statue. Most would likely see it as a chained cat and wouldn't give it a second thought. I've walked past statues on campus many times without ever taking a close look or questioning the intention of the artist, and I would assume many students do the same. I don't feel that there is a way to truly exclude the chain from the piece. In order to do so, you would have to know and study the artist's intention while creating the piece and conform to their vision rather than view the piece or form your own opinion on it, which is the point of art and aesthetic. I think that the question asked in the captive cat case study is very similar to the Oldenburg giant hamburger sculpture discussed in Puzzles About Art and Aesthetics Casebook Chapter 1. A ketchup bottle was placed jokingly by students after the artist presented this sculpture, just as the chain was placed after the cat statue was positioned. One can argue that although the items were placed after the initial artwork was displayed, they can, they can still have their own unique values in the eyes of the viewer. If we approach this from Dickie's point of view, then the members, wait, then the members of the art world should be the one to decide whether the juxtaposition of the two pieces hold any artistic value. If we were, to take an ontological approach, the statue and chain would have to fit within a certain criteria in order to be considered art. Adversely, as stated in the text, some philosophers have argued that piecemeal attack on definition after definition of art is beside the point for the simple reason that art is, of its very nature, indefinable. So in order to solve this case, we must decide what philosophical approach to take, whether it be a technical point of view or more idealistic. In your opinion, what kind of approach would you guys take? Uh, I think I, I take an idealistic um, approach to this just because I feel like um, a lot of artists create work uh, for the audience uh, to make their own story. 
and um, just to see like how, how do they feel and just leave it all up to the audience. Yeah, I would have taken the idealistic approach to this too. Um, I feel like art is kind of up to the viewer. And I mean, if you're taking something like you're embroidering a sweatshirt, the art is added onto the sweatshirt after the fact, regardless. So, and the same with like street graffiti and stuff like that. There's a blank canvas already there and people get to add as they go. And it's up to the eyes of the viewer to see the beauty in it. Okay, yeah, and um, I just feel like you can't exclude the chain uh, simply because of the fact that it's there and it's visible. Um, the art can't really be defined as, uh, can't really be defined. Um, I feel like it's all about perception and there's no right or wrong answer um, in figuring out what art is about. And I feel like the artists left, left that for the viewers to figure out. Um, in the case of the Driftwood, the Driftwood piece mentioned in chapter one um, of the same book Alexandria mentioned, the artist left the work unfinished and leaving many questions uh, on the piece. Uh, some questions, that I, I got from that, I would say, um, is the art in the eye of the artist or is it in the art, um, is it the eye of the audience? Um, uh, does the curator decide the piece of uh, the piece was art? Like who decides um, if the piece was art? Um, is the, gal the gallery visitors, uh, are they made, did they make the piece of art? Um, editing the work of the artist, was it created a new work? Um, editing the work of the artist destroyed the old work and um, editing the work of the artists completed and unfinished work. Uh, what do you guys think about these, these questions? Um, I think that while like art is in the eye of the artist, but it's really up to the viewers to interpret it. Um, so I think that when the gallery visitors showed up to view this art, that's when it really became art and uh, as it was able to be interpreted. And I think that since the art was edited, I'm not sure if I would classify it as editing the work created a new work or if it simply completed the unfinished work. I think that um, in many people's eyes, it most likely would have just completed the unfinished work. But I think that since that's possibly not what the artist had intended, it could be considered creating a new work. I think that often like when, like how I said earlier about sweatshirts and how people embroider them, I think that um, the work could be seen as unfinished on the sweatshirt but then creating the embroidery creates a new piece of work. So I think I would have to side with that more. Well, I think if um, we were to approach this in like Dickie's um, point of view or even Plato, um, when you try to confine um, the definition of art or when you try to limit what is considered art, then it kind of, you miss the whole meaning of what 
art is and can be. And with Dickie, he believed that members of the art world should be the one to decide whether things are art or not. And I feel like that's just a little, uh, it, it doesn't give the viewer or the audience any power or say over what is art. So I think that it's it's better to look at it more in the view of each person can have their own opinion and their own definition of what art could be. Yeah, just to expand on that, uh, I definitely agree. I feel like a lot of times too, artists, they make things and they don't even know like what it is and they just leave it up to the audience and they just, you know, just let the audience interpret uh, what they made. And even with the kids that um, they spilled that ketchup bottle um, with the sculpture, the hamburger sculpture, um, they were argue some would argue that those kids adding that ketchup created their own form of art in their mind, even if and no one else saw it that way. To them, they added an element that wasn't there before that only they saw. So sometimes, you know, um, even if it's just a few select group of people, they can end up changing the whole aesthetic of a piece. Definitely. It seems that we all agree that the chain cannot be excluded from the work, regardless of what was in originally intended by the artist when making the bronze cat statue. The view and meaning of the piece discussed today is ultimately up to the audience. Each person could have a different idea in regards to the work, and some could find that the piece is a chained statue of a cat rather than a a statue of a chained cat as we decided today. Um, does any have one have any last words or anything else that they'd like to add? Well, I think that um, when it comes to the chain, um, we all, if, if we had to solve th this case, um, I would say that we all agree that the idealistic um, point of view is the best way to approach something like this, um, because beauty, as they say, is in the eye of the beholder. So what one person might just see as a chain hanging off of a statue of a cat, someone else might see a, a much deeper meaning, even if it didn't have the intentions of having that meaning, even if they put the chain there just simply so it wouldn't get stolen because it's uh, you know, it's an important artifact, but somebody comes in, they see the chain cat and they think of something else. They think of oppression or they think of, you know, they take a deeper meaning onto a chain that wasn't even, you know, meant to be viewed like that. So I think when we, when we look at it idealistically, um, we're able to um, have a more open-minded approach. Yeah, um, and just just to uh, piggyback off of that, again, that's why I said that we shouldn't exclude the chain, just simply because I I feel like it adds, it just adds a part uh, to the to the piece of work 
for us to just to interpret it. So for us to uh, not acknowledge the leap of uh, the chain, uh, I just feel like it wouldn't it wouldn't be right. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, just reading like the title of the case study, you can see that even though it says that the um, the chain was just meant to like keep out shenanigans and everything, so that way no one would steal it or deface it. I mean, the title of the case study is called The Captive Cat. So it really is up to the interpretation of the viewer in the end. And when the when, with the art world that's always expanding, I feel like it's, an, it's a never ending, um, there's, there's no end to where it can go. So what yeah. some people maybe in Plato's day or in Dickie's day, they might have wanted to have more restrictions and more constraints onto what art is. Now we realize that it can, it's kind of an endless, um, opportun endless opportunities of what can be considered art and what wouldn't be considered art. Yeah, no, I like that idea. I mean, plenty of people consider everything art. I mean, you look at the sky and you see the sunrise or the sunset and people think it's aesthetically pleasing and they feel like it's art. Or even like we talked about earlier with Marcel Duchamp, how he just added in a water fountain to the gallery and everyone was like, oh my God, this is art. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I think too, with Plato, he was also trying to censor a lot of artwork and he didn't want all different types of art that necessarily went against political agendas that he, he kind of wanted to ban some type of arts. So I think that he didn't really have an open mind the way that we now in this day and age can have an open mind when we look at something. You know, in, in his eyes, it was more of a political, um, you know, he had a more of a political angle when looking at art or when classifying art. This was a pleasant discussion and I'm glad to have been a part of it. I hope that it encouraged you to think more deeply on how art is perceived. Um, I personally know that I will now spend a lot more time doing so. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's something that we all should consider and we should all do. Um, I had never thought about a lot of these different things before having to read this case study and uh, record this episode today. So I'm really glad to have been able to do so and gotten the opinions of everyone else in the group on it also. It was really great. Um, I wanna thank you for joining us so much today. Uh, Alexandria, Lentz and I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious.